Coming up on this week's show, it's a big book of Palooza. Jay from Joyfully Jay is here with her best of 2016, as well as some holiday book recommendations. Plus, we've got a lot of books to review on our own, too. Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knauss. Welcome to episode 63 of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from JeffAdamsWrites.com. And I'm Will from WillKanaus.com. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas to you, sir. And Happy Hanukkah. And that as well. Everything happens this week. Happy Happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas to everybody who's is celebrating that this week, as it is the big holiday week. Uh, we got a lot to talk about this week. Mm-hmm. It is indeed a big book of Palooza. Let's get right to it. Let's do that. Let's talk about uh, your upcoming release. Yes. Love's Opening Night uh, actually releases on the 28th. That's just like 10 days away from when this episode debuts. And the blog tour actually starts this week. I'll be at MM Good Book Reviews on the 21st. Uh, I do have a link in the show notes to the entire blog tour, uh, which starts... This is an early one this week on the 21st, and then it really kicks off next week on the 27th. Uh, There'll be book giveaways, excerpts whole bunch of stuff that I've been writing this week to get the blog tour ready to roll. Uh, it should be a lot of fun, and I look forward to get this out there. It was a fun book to write. Uh, and, and if you're on the show, you know, listening next week, you'll probably have a chance to win one here, too. So just something to look forward to. Uh, something else that went down this week, uh, I started working on the edits for Somewhere on Mackinac. Mm-hmm. Uh, few, few things can make you happier than when you open up your... The general notes from the editor, and it starts off with something to the effect of, I really love this book! <laughs> <laughs> so you, you know you're in for some good stuff there. But uh, as usual, uh, working with uh, Dream Spinner Editorial, I always learn some good stuff, too. I, I appreciate working with them. Uh, they give me some notes that I could take forward into future writing, and they also give me some good guidance on how to make the current story better. So got that done. Uh, sent it back yesterday. Sent it back early, which made my editor happy, too. So... Work on the blurb a little bit this weekend, too, just to kind of keep all that rolling. That comes out sometime next spring, so we'll be talking about that more probably in March. Um, as we all know, we've been talking a lot about Rivals, mm-hmm. which also recently went into audio uh, this past month. Uh, and I'd like to give everybody a chance to hear a little bit of that. Uh, so I'm going to play everybody uh, a one-minute sample of Derek McLean's excellent narration on this. And then I'm going to tell you how you could win a copy as well. A friend of mine is having a pickup game Saturday morning. I couldn't believe I said that. This was an invitation to be flustered during the game. Even more so than I used to be. You interested? I'd love to. We'll see if I can take you in a face-off like I used to. I won a fair number of those. Really? He raised a red eyebrow in surprise. That's not how I remember it. You want to try it right now? I was setting myself up to fail. I was already loopy from seeing this man. The pressure in my cup was proof of that. You're on. He must have put his skates on in the locker room or lobby, because he immediately hopped over the boards. We skated towards Trevor, who was taking shots on the far side of the rink. Trev! I called out. Let Alex borrow your gloves and come drop a puck for us. 
He grabbed one off the ice and skated up to us at the center dot. Trevor, this is Alex Goodman. He played for county. Nice to meet you, Trevor said, giving Alex a fist bump before handing over his gloves. So, um, what exactly are you guys doing? Proving to your brother that I can still beat him in a face-off. So I'm super excited, of course, that Derek McLean did the narration for this. Uh, I became a big fan of his when he did the narration for T.J. Clune's How to Be a Normal Person. And so I'm a little bit gaga that he's now voiced one of my own books. So it's easy for you guys to enter. There's a raffle copter on this week's show notes, which will be episode 63 of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. Simply go there. There's a few ways you can enter. There is, of course, the bonus question, because I love to add the bonus questions for people who actually listen to the podcast. Uh, before they enter, the question is, what was I a fan of of Derek's that made me gaga about his book? And I just said that like 20 seconds ago, so that should be a really easy one for you guys to pick up. Uh, the Rafflecopter runs through Sunday, December 25th, and I'll pick winners on the 26th and get you an audiobook, ebook combo of Rivals. So we just ended a giveaway recently. Yes, we did, actually. Would you like to do the winners and talk about who won the holiday paranormal paperback giveaway? <laughs> Our very alliterative giveaway that we just finished a couple weeks ago? It'd be my pleasure. The grand prize winner was Maggie, who on Saturday just received her package of paperbacks and her Wolfsong audio code. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were several first prize audible code winners, Mark, Jessica, Jenna, and Bryce. Congratulations to all of them. Indeed. Now, we are preparing a fabulous Valentine's Day giveaway for you guys. And we'll have much more on that in episode 66, just a few weeks away. Can you believe we're talking about Valentine's Day? I know. It's kind of... (laughs) It's lunacy. (laughs) Yeah. But lots more giveaways coming up soon. So keep keep your ear to the... uh, To your iPod? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. What? I don't know. I don't know either. (laughs) Want to be among the first to know what's coming up on the Big Gay Fiction Podcast? Join the Big Gay Fiction Podcast monthly newsletter. As a subscriber, you'll get our exclusive coloring pages that you can download and color. You can even send us your artistic creations and we'll display them in our online gallery. Go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com and sign up on the homepage. Now, not too long ago, we were on vacation in Los Angeles. Uh, We spoke about that a couple of episodes ago, and while I was there, I had the great luxury of being able to catch up on some of my reading, and while doing so, I caught up on all of my dreams and desires uh, for the year of 2016. So you read, just to be clear, that means you've read all 24 that have come out. Well, not technically. I'll get to that in just a second. Okay, that's fair. So, here is a super quick wrap-up of what I have read uh, Fairly recently, number one is Seven Card Stud by Ava Drake. This is the second book in her Wild Cards, Inc. series. Um, Holy moly, this book is an incredibly wild ride. Uh, Not too long ago, we spoke to Poppy Dennison when Mm -hmm. she announced the new Dream Spun lines. They're going to be launching uh, sometime in most likely the summer of 2017. One of those lines is Dream Spun... Undercover. Undercover. I always forget that. Dream Spun Undercover. 
and this series by Ava Drake is like a shoe-in. I think it is the prototype for action-adventure, uh, undercover agent-type stories uh, for that particular line. So, this particular book is about an agent from Wild Cards, Inc., and he is sent to an uh, exotic resort where there is an exclusive poker game going on. Uh, uh, po poker players from all over the world had gathered into this one spot. Uh, and it's uh, a super, super big deal. It's a million-dollar buy-in. No one knows what the big end prize is going to be. Ooh. So Colin, who's a British agent, he's assigned to find out what this big prize is going to be. Uh, he doesn't know a whole lot about poker, but he's decent at it. So he's <laughs> so he's there at the resort trying to check things out, and he runs into Oliver, who is a surfer slash mathematical genius. Uh, he is also there to try his hand in the big poker tournament. Um, uh, they go up against one another. Uh, they fall in love, have hot sex. They're trying to figure out who the mastermind behind uh, this big tournament is. Of course, there are uh, deep, dark shenanigans going on. Um, What's unique about this particular series um, is, is that the stakes are literally life and death for these characters. It's not just about, ooh, whether they're going to fall in love or, or whatever. Um, the end of this book is super, super intense, uh, where the stakes are literally life and death. I like this an awful lot. The chemistry between Colin and Oliver is smoking hot. Uh, once they get past the sort of uh, I hate you, I love you stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> that goes on, uh, I really enjoyed this uh, entry in Ava Drake's new series. So check that one out. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is Catching Air by Julia Talbot. Air, spelled H-E-I-R, being cute with the title. This one um, is, <sighs> plot-wise, is almost the exact juxtaposition of uh, Ava Drake's Seven Card Stud, where there was plenty of action and intrigue and life and death stakes in Seven Card Stud. Um, Catching Air is just basically a super sweet romance. Nice. I love those. Uh, um, <laughs> super adorable. It's about a professional snowboarder named Cullen who inherits a ski resort. It's struggling ski resort, as we of course. found out, uh, from a, a great-great-grandfather uh, that he never knew. So he comes to the resort, and he butts heads with uh, a guy named Matt, who is the general manager of the resort. And of course, you know, they butt heads, and, you know, I hate you, I love you, <laughs> um, and basically the entire book is them being uh, super adorable and cute, getting to know one each other, and then, you know, falling in love. I really like this one. It was really, really good. And lastly, uh, the final book of the year is Striking Sparks by Ari McKay. This is the first book I've read by this particular author, and I loved it. The <laughs> Striking <laughs> Sparks is about uh, a guy named Jake who um, uh, left his uh, small town roots behind, went to the big city to try and succeed. But uh, Family Matters has bring, brought him back to Buffalo Lick, Texas. 
uh, and he has to run his... That's an awesome city name. <laughs> Jake has to um, set his big city dreams aside, and he has to run his family's uh, small restaurant. Uh, enter Bo Walker, uh, the guy he's known since childhood. Bo runs his own family restaurant. And as it turns out, uh, unbeknownst to Jake before he came home, there were plans in place for the two restaurants to compete on a cooking challenge show, a barbecue challenge to be exact. Uh, so both of them have to struggle with not only winning the barbecue competition, but the issues of their past, uh, things that have gone on uh, uh, over the years. I think what this book um, really illustrates in a uh, very realistic and compelling way is how when it comes to family and uh, small towns specifically, the way, how do I want to put this? Uh, both of these men are struggling against the preconceived notions of the past. Mm. Not only their preconceived notions of one another, but how the entire town views them. Uh, sort of like how you were as a kid is how you are for the rest of your life kind mm -hmm. of a thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, they've got, you know, the competition and they're falling in love and they've got hot chemistry, but they hate each other because of their pasts and um, super, super good. Uh, really terrific chemistry between the two main characters. I like this one an awful lot. I'll definitely be looking for more Ari K books in the future. So Ari McKay. Ari, yes, Ari McKay. Striking Sparks. Very, very good. I enjoyed it an awful lot. So how does all this sum up for you in a, in a year of Dream Spun Desires? Well, let me take a sip of water. Um, I'm very happy with the first year of the Dream Spun line. Um... Did I love every book that came out? No. Um, there are, I discovered, you know, there were some books that I was like, you know, eh, that wasn't really my thing. Uh, some authors, their voice, it didn't really, you know, I didn't find it particularly compelling. So, and that's fine. I don't have to love every single book that I read. I did love a great majority of them. Which is great. I've been talking about them the entire year. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm really gung-ho about this. I can't wait to see what they do uh, in 2017. As for uh, this particular year, as for the 2016 uh, Dreamspun Desires in Review, um, for I read for the very first time some friends of ours. I think we've been pretty lucky over the years to have met and talked to and get to know and become friends with a pretty remarkable group of people. Mm -hmm. uh, and for uh, the Dreamspun's Desire has given me the opportunity to read some friends' books for the very first time, including uh, Claire London, Casey Wells, Ariel Tachna. Uh, they all released books in this line this year. Uh, I read them for the very first time. Uh, I loved them to pieces. Um, so I actually recommend those books. Mm -hmm. uh, also, I discovered uh, MJ O'Shea and Shira Anthony, um, essentially new-to-me authors. Uh, I read them for the first time this year as well. Uh, in this line, and I enjoyed those books so much that I actually sought out some of their new releases that came uh, outside of the Dreamspun line, uh, and I enjoyed those as well. Mm -hmm. So nice. all in all, uh, I've, I can't say how much I love it enough. 
Mm -hmm. uh, really fantastic, great contemporary reads, whole lots of fun. And uh, this line has actually helped me more than achieve my reading goals for the year, which we'll probably talk about next week when we do our 2016 wrap-up. Mm -hmm. I wish I'd read more. I mean, I've been reading all year, certainly, but I wish I'd read more Dreamspun because every Dreamspun that I did read, I think, honestly, out of the 24, I probably have only read about six. Uh, and actually, maybe fewer. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't, well, uh, yeah, that might be true. That might be okay, true. Yeah. I'll, I'll figure that out as I do my, <laughs> my year interview next year. Yeah. But I've loved every one of them. Yeah. Uh, because they are that category, feel good, just simple romance that I traditionally really love. Yes. So, now, while you've been reading those, I've been reading quite a few books, too, uh, while we were away and over the week or so that we've been back. Uh, I will start with Michael Scott Garvin's debut novel, A Faithful Son. Mm -hmm. uh, Lisa from the Novel Approach was on the show, I believe it was two weeks ago, I think it was episode 59, uh, talking about this book as one of a trio of debut authors that she had read and found quite extraordinary. And while this had sat on my TBR for a while, I'm glad that she kind of inspired me to get it boosted to the top because it's so good. This is not a romance. There is a romance that comes into it towards the latter half of the book, but it's not the central focus. This this book starts with a prologue from the, the lead character, Zach Nance, who explains to you from there that he is now an old man. And then it essentially whips back to Durango, Colorado in 1959 and starts moving forward again. It gets into at least the early 80s. The timelines kind of get mushed together after a while because the way that Garvin has successfully written this book, it's like it's almost like you're sitting across from Zach somewhere and he's just telling you his story. It has a really easy narrative approach to it. There are times I feel like months go by in the span of paragraphs, but then he slows down again to present something that's of importance. Uh, it's the story of his family. Uh, okay. This family, uh, father, mother, two sisters, and his quest to always be the faithful son to them as the good, the bad, the truly tragic happens to this family. And some of that forces him, while he's being faithful, to really put himself to the side. He, he doesn't come out for a long time that he's gay. He doesn't even embrace that in himself, even though he knows it's there. He's making choices to stay home instead of go away to college or go away to start a life. Um, it's in the pop culture lexicon that we have right now. I, I kind of compare it to This Is Us on NBC without the, the bounce back and forth in the timeline. It's just really linear. And imagine that show if you'd started at some point where you're just with the parent characters raising their kids and going forward all the way to adulthood uh, and everything that happens in between. It's an amazing book, and I don't think I quite do it justice in my review, but I highly, highly recommend it. He's won a lot of awards with this book, and it's worth the time if you're willing to take a step outside the romance genre. Uh, coming back into the romance genre, uh, Avon Gale's uh, Save of the Game, which is the second book in the Scoring Chances series. Mm -hmm. I very much loved Breakaway, as we all know. I reviewed that a few episodes back. This one picks up in the leading into the season that's right after the almost championship season that the Jacksonville Sea Storm have at the end of Breakaway. This book focuses on the goalie, uh, Riley Hunter, and defenseman Ethan Kennedy as they kind of sort each other out. They've become roommates because Ethan lost uh, his roommate when he got transferred up to Toronto. 
And now he's got this new roommate who's a bit of a slob, kind of loud, kind of obnoxious, but kind of cute, kind of sexy. And uh, one day Ethan discovers Raleigh's porn stash and everything kind of changes. Uh, Ethan finds this porn kind of hot, even though he thought he was a straight guy. Uh, now he finds Riley kind of hot, which he kind of always did anyway. Uh, they're hemming and hawing around each other as they decide if they're going to maybe make out, maybe not, maybe become boyfriends, maybe not. What does all this mean? Is completely adorable, completely realistic. Uh, I love how Avon treats Ethan's uh, coming into his bisexuality and embracing it and understanding it and not just passing it off as something that's only for Riley. Uh, it's a tremendous book. It's great fun. I'm looking forward to getting into book three of Scoring Chances at some point in the near future. Uh, so I highly recommend this. And in fact, I'm sure we'll talk about this. Avon's actually going to be on the show next week to talk about her new book, Whiskey Business, which has nothing to do with hockey. But I'm sure we're going to talk some Scoring Chances when we have her on as well. So very much recommend this book also. Uh, and we got some picture books this week. Picture books. Picture books. <laughs> also known as coffee table books, if you actually want to be an adult about it. <laughs> if you want to hand me one, I'll show one too. We took part in the, uh, what am I trying to think of? Kickstarter. Kickstarter. That Michael Stokes ran for his two new books, Adonis Blue and Invictus, which if you're on the video feed, we're showing the covers because honestly we can't show the insides for some of these because there's some provocative pictures going on in there. Uh, these are gorgeous coffee table books, um, which take his photography. If you follow him on uh, Facebook at all, you've seen his amazing portraits that he does of uh, men who are often, um, who have lost limbs in battle. Um, a number of silversmen have been in his books. There are athletes in his books. Uh, and these are gorgeous. We will certainly have links because now that the, now that the special Kickstarter editions are out, they're available on Amazon for just purchase as well. Anything you want to say about those books? Because I kind of mangled what I might have wanted to say there. Can um, you sum that up better than I did, perhaps? Um, Adonis Blue is the uh, more traditional physique photography. Uh, sexy hot guys uh, and sexy hot poses. Uh, some uh, nakedness. Um, sexy book. Uh, good stuff. So um, that's the first book. The second book, Invictus, uh, focuses on uh, people who have served in the military. And uh, what's really nice about this book, it, towards the back, there are little biographies that share the stories of these particular soldiers that have appeared in the book and throughout uh, um, uh, some of Michael's uh, photography. It's all, they're both excellent. They're beautifully done. Mm -hmm. uh, just gorgeous stuff. Yeah, really beautiful. Will look good on your coffee table, uh, as they do look good on our coffee table. Uh, let's let's go talk to Joyfully Jay for a little bit. Uh, Jay stopped by this past week to talk about some of the things that made her best of 2016 lists, uh, both for her and for some of her other reviewers at Joyfully Jay. And she also talks about uh, some holiday books that uh, you might want to read in this week leading into Hanukkah and Christmas. So I'm excited to welcome back Jay to the podcast from Joyfully Jay. How's it going? Great, thanks. How are you, Jeff? Doing good. Happy you could we could get you in here right before the end of the year. I I know you've been doing a lot of best of 2016 stuff. Yeah, this is December is a crazy time of year for us. Um, we've got fun things happening, which is really nice. We're um 
In fact, all of last week was sort of our best of week on um, Monday. We ran our favorite holiday books posts, and then um, Monday through Thursday, we had four different reviewers do their best of 20, 2016. So we had um, Kenna, Veronica, um, Chris, and then on Thursday, my favorite books of the year. Um, and then on Friday, we had our favorite covers of the year. So it was a really fun week to sort of um, look back on everything that we had done over the year and pick out some of our highlights. So what are some of the highlights of, of 2016 from, from that week? All right, well, for me, um, it's really hard. I read, this is actually a slow year for me. I read about 175 books. Oh, my um, goodness. Normally, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm struggling to get through the 40 that I right. promised myself on Goodreads. Right, oh, yeah, Goodreads talks you, doesn't it? Goodreads is yelling at me because I uh, I must have said I wanted to read 200, and there's like this big fail, like, you're 26 books behind. <laughs> I can do it. Um, yeah, so that's actually low for me. I usually average 200 to 225. So I was at about 175 this year, and – um, we do monthly favorites on the blog, so I had sort of a pool of every month of my highlights, and it's so hard not to want to go back and say every single one of them were my favorites, but um, I did manage to pull out some that I felt like, in some cases, weren't always the ones I rated the most highly, but ones that really stuck with me throughout the year, the ones that I keep thinking about, or I'm anticipating the sequel, or that really left an impact on me beyond, you know, the time it took me to move on to something else, so... Mm -hmm. I think I have a good list. Um, some of the highlights, if you're interested, um, two books that I really went crazy about this year were actually audiobooks. Um, this was a audio author combo, um, TJ Klune and Michael Leslie. Um, at the beginning of the year, I read, or I listened to The Lightning Struck Heart, which I had not read, and just went nuts for, because Michael Leslie does an amazing job with the um, narration, and I don't know if you've read the book, but... I have not, um, not yet. T.J. Klune, it's hysterically funny. I would say it's sort of fairy weddings and um, epic quests and magicians who can't quite figure out how to do everything they want to do. And um, it's fun and hysterical. And um, Michael Leslie does an amazing job with it. Hornless gay unicorns. I mean, it has it all. Um, <laughs> And so I love that book. And honestly, I haven't talked to a person who has read or listened to it that hasn't also loved it. Um, and then at the end of the year, I just finished listening to um, The Queen and the Homo Jock King, also by um, T.J. Klune, and second in a series. And this was one that I had read um, and then listened to again. And um, probably my most gushingly obsessive um, review I think I've ever written about audio. I actually did a top 10 list. Um, and one of the things I'll just mention that I loved, I'll give you the link. So if you want to send folks over there, they can see the whole review. But one of the things I really loved is there's a scene where there's about 10 people all texting. And when you read the book, there's dialogue text telling you who each person is. But when you're listening, um, what's amazing is Michael Leslie does the entire multi-page scene in all of these character voices and you can tell who's who without him identifying the character, which to me is sort of the height of narration because mm -hmm. a lot of audiobooks you can't even tell the main characters apart, let alone the zillion side characters. So um, both of those were highlights for me and definitely either book or audiobook. 
Um, another one that I'll throw out there that was interesting in that it wasn't my most highly rated um, review of the year, but book that really stuck with me. And every time I talk to readers who um, have also read it, they really loved it. Um, it's actually a two-book set um, by Lila Pace called um, His Royal Secret, His Royal Favorite. And it's sort of an imagining of if the Prince of Wales was gay and fell in love with a reporter. So um, it obviously is taking a real-life um, position, but it's not actually using you know real-life royal family or any of that. Um, and it's really interesting because both of these guys enter into the relationship assuming and actually content with the fact that it can't go anywhere because the Prince of Wales can't be gay. He's the leader of a country of a church that isn't always supportive of gay marriage. He leads a commonwealth that represents countries that don't support gay rights. And then you have this journalist who's been burned and doesn't want to, um, doesn't want to have another relationship. So what's interesting is the reason the relationship works in the first place is because both of them think it's not going anywhere. And then suddenly, of course, they realize that it is. And so I think it's really cool because not only is it a great romance um, and great story, but it gives you some really cool inside the life of somebody who's so supremely famous that every single thing that they ever do is, you know, becomes worldwide news. So um, those are really fun and an interesting um, sort of like an interesting set. Um, it covers, you know, sort of up to the point where they officially are together and then the aftermath and how they adapt to a life in the public spotlight. So um, love those. And, that sounds um, really interesting. I'm going to have to add that to my TBR. They are. They're really cool. Um, and like I said, it was one of these books that were all set of books. Um, you know, it's really one continuous story, but that um, everybody I talked to, it stuck with them um, and really liked it. So that I think is really fun when you see something that it wasn't a five-star review, um, I mean, it was highly rated, but it still is one of those books that at the end of the year, when I was looking back over what I read, I said, you know, this is something that really made an impact on me. So, and then I'll throw out one more. Um, I can't remember. I might've actually talked about this on a previous podcast, but um, a historical called um, The Soldier's Scoundrel by Cat Sebastian. And this was a um, debut novel, which I think is always super impressive. Um, got huge buzz. I heard about it before from other readers before I had even heard about it as a reviewer. And um, it pairs a, I would say what I call a fixer, a guy who um, used to be a thief, used to be on the wrong side of the law, and now he works for the sort of little guys out there, the servants and the wives and all the people who have no power um, in this sort of Regency era. And um, the... Um, gentleman, former soldier who gets involved with him in helping him solve a case. And what's really cool, in addition to the fact that they're great characters and a great romance, is that um, Jack, who's the sort of fixer guy, has this amazing mind where he can read a situation and read a person and pull out clues. And the story is written in a way that you really get to follow along and be like, oh my gosh, I never would have realized or put that together. But yes, of course, that makes perfect sense how he got from here to there. So I think the author does a really good job with that kind of mystery investigation end in a way that's a little different than a lot of other um, sort of mystery suspense things that I've read. Nice. Yeah, that's been highly, that's been high, high up on our, our list as well. We found the paperback of it recently, so we picked that up. Yeah. 
And I actually kind of love, because this is from Avon Impulse, which is not traditionally published um, gay romance. And if you've seen the cover, it's like the clinchiest, bodice ripperiest mm -hmm. cover out there. And I, um, you know, normally that's not my thing, but I kind of love that it's so stereotypical, historical, male-female romance cover just with two guys. I mean, he's got like his shirt ripping open. And he's got the whole clinch, and it's really, um, I think that was really fun that they, you know, just went there with it and embraced the sort of, um, you know, having gay romance in a, what's not typically a gay romance publisher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, Will and I both loved seeing that cover because it was so old school. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it could be Fabio on there, so yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So we're coming up on Christmas, of course, at the end of this week, and we're in the in the midst of the holiday season. What have been some of your favorite Christmas reads sure. or holiday reads? Um, holiday reads, yeah. You know, this year was a little bit of a dry year for um, Hanukkah stories. I've only found a few, um, and I actually have reviews of a couple of them coming up um, this week. But I normally we get more um, coming out. So most of the stuff that I've read so far um, has actually been Christmas stories. And um, so... Last week, we had our favorite favorite holiday stories list come out. And again, I'll link you to that. It has Christmas, Hanukkah, as well as holidays throughout the rest of the year. So it's a little bit of everything. But definitely, if you're looking for Christmas books, um, it's a good one to check out. Um, some of my favorites that got added to the list. This is actually, I'm sorry, an ongoing list. So every year, I republish it with updates. Oh, so awesome. some new things that went on this year. Um, these are books that I read. But... Um, Scrooge and Barley by John Inman. It was actually out at the very end of last year, so it got onto this year's list. Um, Once in a Snowstorm by Ophelia Grand. Um, and um, Angel Voices by Rowan Speedwell. All three of those were new ones that we added. Um, some that I added, um, Merry Christmas, Mr. Miggles by Eli Easton. I actually talked about this book. Um, I did a Facebook Live video and talked about this book. It's um, features two librarians. So as the daughter of a librarian and I love the setup there. Um, and it's sort of, um, it, you know, it's got some heavier aspects of it. Um, one of the main characters is accused, falsely accused of a crime and there's aftermath with that. But then there's also a lot of sort of sweet pining between the junior librarian and the senior librarian and, um, lots of, library porn, both the literal um, juicy sex and the stacks, as well as people talking about how much a library, especially in a small community, means to them. So I really loved that one. Um, on sort of the total opposite end of the spectrum, um, Santa Baby by Heidi Cullinan, I really loved. That was a surprise, at least to me, fourth book in her Minnesota Christmas, what I thought was a trilogy. And um, this was a really interesting book because she takes um, an established couple from book two, brings them back, and then adds in a third partner. Oh. So that in itself was really interesting because mm -hmm. very rarely do you see a shakeup once you've got that established couple. But what was also interesting is that um, it's not a menage story, it's a polyamory story. So the new character that comes in establishes a relationship with just one of the two partners. So... The original story is Gabriel and Arthur, and then the new story is Gabriel and Arthur and Gabriel and Dale. So it's a really interesting um, approach, I think. And I loved with the way she, I loved the story, 
Um, it also has a lot of cake, very dirty, super sexy. So if you're a fan of the series, definitely it's worth reading. And I think if you're interested in something that's a little atypical for male-male romance or gay romance in general, or in fact, romance in general, mm -hmm. um, it's definitely worth checking out. Awesome. And um, sorry, I'll just talk about one third one that I'll mention that I really loved, um, Wrapped Together by Annabeth Albert, which is part of her Portland Heat series. And um, really could completely stand alone. The series links among a bunch of shop owners who are working the same part of town. So this book really um, is independent except for that combining theme. And um, it pairs sort of the more quiet, rigid, uptight, stationary store owner with the more um, fun-loving, um, outgoing um, sort of gift shop owner. And they've known each other for a long time long time and um the gift shop owner is definitely into it and hollis the stationery store owner is very wary so it's a little bit of baby steps um but great romance i love opposite attract pairings and it's a really fun holiday story and like i said even if you haven't read the rest of the series which is also very good um you can definitely jump into this one awesome well those are all great we will definitely link up to all of those books so people can find sure. them and to the reviews uh, that are yes. out there on Joyfully J as well. I will send them all over. Awesome. We have, like I said, annual favorites all week, holiday books. Check them all out. Anything in particular that you know you're looking forward to in 2017 so far? Looking a little bit um, forward? Sure, sure. Blog-wise, our next big thing that will be coming up the road is um, our theme week. I... Typically do them around February or March, and um, so we're going to be starting at the very beginning of the year to both pick our theme, um, so we'll be looking for some reader suggestions, and we'll probably do a reader vote, and um, looking for authors and publishers who are interested in donating prizes. It's a big, big event. We um, do an entire week where all of our reviews and all of our guest posts are focused on a theme. So last year was Friends to Lovers, and to Lovers. We've done virgin heroes, rock stars, military men, men in uniform, um, young love, a whole bunch of different themes. Um, and so we, and then it usually includes a giant giveaway, which the past three, we've had over 100 prizes wow. to give away. That's impressive. So it's been huge. Um, yeah, huge. So it's a really fun event, and that's what we're going to be gearing up for come January to start figuring out our theme, choosing our books, getting our prizes, and pulling all that together for the spring. That's going to be a lot of fun. We'll definitely keep an eye on that to see how what the theme is for the year. Yes, yes. We've had a couple of suggestions. Um, one that didn't make it last year was one of our top choices was Lovers Reunited, which I know is um, a big favorite of a lot of people. So that probably will be in the running again this year, but we'll have to see what else we come up with and what people suggest. Okay, yeah, well, we'll definitely look forward to that. Have to have you back on, of course, as that gets ready to Absolutely. gear up. Absolutely. So, Jane, we thank you so much. It's been great having you on this year. We look forward sure. to having you back in 2017. Great, and thank you. wish you and your family a very joyous, happy happy New Year, happy Hanukkah. And uh, we will thank see you Thank you, and happy soon. holidays to you guys, too. Hockey players Simon Roberts and Alex Miller never could have known that the moment they first kissed, they were embarking on the love of a lifetime. 
The Hat Trick box set is their love story as told by Simon beginning their senior year of high school through college graduation and beyond from the insecurity of coming out to mentorship of gay youth. For Simon and Alex, it's always about love, family, and hockey. The box set includes three full-length novels and three short stories in one easy-to-download ebook. Get yours today at Amazon.com and other online retailers. So since Jay wrapped up with Christmas books, we've got some Christmassy stuff of our own to share as well. You've read something. I don't know what you've read. What have you read? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is the season for Christmas stories, and recently I read um, the most recent release from Max Walker. It is called Daddy Kissing Santa Claus. Ooh. Uh, this particular book actually... Uh, through no plan of our own, happens to take place in Durango, Colorado. Wow, okay. Durango's <laughs> a hotbed of books, apparently. <laughs> it's an awesome place to set your stories. Um, Daddy Kissing Santa Claus um, concerns itself with uh, sort of a down-on-his-luck writer named Chris and a successful uh, real estate mogul named Mark. Chris and Mark meet at a holiday-themed masquerade party. Uh, they click and they kiss under the mistletoe, but Mark has to scurry away. Uh, then, a year later, they happen to meet again. Uh, Chris is having trouble making ends meet, so he takes a job as a mall Santa, and Mark takes his young daughter to the mall to uh, tell Santa her, uh, her Christmas wish. Ooh. And he uh, can see through the, the, you know, the big beard and everything that that is the hot guy that he kissed... Uh, during the Christmas season last year. And so through several fortuitous meetings, uh, Chris and Mark get to know each other, uh, and uh, they, they uh, spend some more time with Mark's daughter, uh, who's absolutely adorable. Uh, as we all know, book kids are a hundred times cuter than real-life kids. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, this is another just a super sweet romance uh, there's a little bit of conflict that comes in towards the end. Uh, evil mean X uh, enters the picture, uh, but he gets his comeuppance. And uh, I just liked it a lot. I think the two characters had a lot of chemistry together. It was fun. It was sweet. Uh, it was, you know, a nice holiday romance. And I highly recommend it. That's Mark Walker's Daddy Kissing Santa Claus. Nice. So recently I had uh, to take a trip in a car, which meant I went... In a car? In a car, <laughs> which meant I went audiobook. And I was looking for something specifically in the, uh, that would be around the three to four hour mark, because that's the driving I had to do. And I landed on Fox Den uh, by Haley Walsh, which is uh, performed by Joel Leslie, who we met at GRL. Mm -hmm. I've been looking to try the Fox, uh, the Scholar Fox mystery books for quite some time now. And this one fit my three to four hour time frame perfectly, and I jumped on it, even though it is 3.5 in the series, which actually was okay, because this is a book that, at least to me, I had no problem taking it as standalone, and it takes place around the holidays. It goes from Thanksgiving to what's called TE Day, which is Skylar's Thanksgiving for his friends that happens right after Thanksgiving, then Christmas and New Year's. Mm -hmm. And it picks up with his FBI agent slash uh, PE teacher boyfriend, Keith, who apparently helped him in the, in the mystery that happened in book three. And now they're trying to figure out how to become more of a couple. 
they Keith really wants to be. He kind of mumbles, "I love you" in the first chapter of the book. <laughs> Skylar's not really sure he's ready for that. Uh, so there's a lot of back and forth with Skylar wanting to move forward with Keith, but is he the right guy? And is this the right thing to do? And I'm still young, and I think Keith is somewhere between five and ten years older. So I don't think it's quite May December, but it's leaning that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith is certainly more settled in his life, uh, having been an agent and now semi-retired and working in, as a PE and teacher in Schuyler's, uh High School. These two guys have completely cute chemistry. The push and pull as they, you know, are we, are we not, is perfect. Um, I love how Keith is ready to commit but also ready to walk away because he doesn't want to make Skylar upset. So he, he's at least aware of trying not to sour their relationship entirely. But as they go through the motions and everybody meets everybody's friends, and more importantly, as Keith meets Skylar's parents and, and then Skylar meets his parents, it's adorable, like the, the terror that runs through Skylar periodically as he navigates this stuff. I very much look forward to going backwards and truly doing one of the mystery books. Mm-hmm. Now that I've met Skylar in this in this slightly upfront, you know, more forward book in the series, but if you haven't tried these books, I highly recommend it as a holiday read and a very cute, you know, in depth romance read uh, for the series because they're completely cute. And I loved uh, Joel's narration. I thought he captured Skylar's youth and sometimes naivete really well. And also really captured Keith and some of the emotions he was going through on the, can I stay with this man or do I have to let him go kind of thing. So, uh, Foxed In by Haley Walsh and performed by Joel Leslie, if you go the audible route, highly recommend it. Cool. Good. And then we watched a movie. Continuing on the Christmas theme, we wanted to mention that we recently watched a Christmas theme movie called Shared Rooms. And this is a movie by Rob Williams. He also directed uh, a classic gay Christmas film from a couple years ago called Make the Yuletide Gay. I don't know if you remember that yeah, one. Yeah, I do remember that one. That was uh, a very adorable. It's an adorable movie. And I, we both really liked this new movie, mm-hmm. uh, Shared Rooms. It just came out this year. And it is a modern anthology film, meaning that it basically tells the story of uh, three groups of men. And towards the end, we find out they're all... Uh, kind of their lives are all interconnected um the three different groups are uh let's see let's start with there were the two naked guys who hooked up on christmas and then uh ended up spending a couple of days together getting to know one another basically a week i think they went christmas to new year's oh yeah pretty close and yeah Um, they were pretty much naked the whole time (laughs) (laughs) um let's see what else we also had the two guys who are roommates and discover that maybe they might want to be more than just roommates. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have the long-term couple who uh, surprise turns up on their doorstep the day after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you think? I I loved it a lot. I thought it was super cute, uh, really well done. Yeah, I thought it was completely adorable. I loved the three couples each navigating their own thing, whether it was the the long-term couple dealing with the that surprise on their doorstep. Uh, I thought the naked couple was... They might have been my favorite because they were navigating a whole bunch more. I thought those two went from being a hookup to being something much deeper 
really quickly, and yet it seemed totally organic the way it happened. It never seemed forced, like, you mm-hmm. know, because sometimes insta-love definitely feels forced. And while I don't think it was completely insta-love, because I think they probably played it kind of easy after New Year's to further get to know each other, I think they were in it for the long haul by the time that movie was really over, whether they knew it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the roommates were just... Adorable. Uh, I love the Airbnb story gone wrong for those two. Because <laughs> yeah. they end up shoved together because of a, a guest that ends up in their apartment uh, that was not planned in several ways. Yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting for perhaps for people to know, too, that there's another connection in this movie that Jason Fraser, who many people know as a voiceover artist, uh, also did the casting for this particular film. So, congratulations, Jason, on on a good casting job because I quite enjoyed the people that were populating the film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was, a, it was a fun little movie to watch a week away from Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So we'll link to that. It's available on Amazon Prime for streaming and for rental for sure. Uh, so we'll get, we'll link up a couple of places where you can catch that if you want to. Okay. Now you over the past week or so have been on the craze of Yuri on Ice. Yeah, so <laughs> so I I don't know if you run in the same circles as I do online, but for the past like week and a half, uh, everyone has kind of gone apeship for this um, Japanese anime called Yuri on Ice, and it is essentially a romance ice skating uh, show, and it. Um, centers on a, a guy named Yuri. Uh, he's a Japanese guy. And at the beginning of the series, uh, he uh, has uh, he is breaking down in the toilet stall after um, the Grand Prix final because he completely blew it and uh, he ended up in last place. Oops. Uh, and so it's sort of Yuri's journey back from that, you know, you know, in his eyes, tremendous failure. Uh, he goes back to his like small Japanese hometown, uh, kind of wallows in pity. And while he's doing that, he gets back into his skates at his local rink where he trains. And he does a routine by... Uh, a beloved uh, skater, a guy named a Russian skater named Victor, uh, and he uh, copies this um, very popular routine perfectly. Uh, someone tapes him doing this routine, and it ends up online. Uh-oh. Uh oh. And um, everyone is actually pretty blown away. It's this Yuri, this guy who sucked at the Grand Prix, but look how great he is. Uh, Victor sees it, and he goes to the small town and pledges to be Yuri's coach and oh. bring him back from the brink of disaster. Well, that's nice. I figured he was going to like get all upset that we were going to have a copyright infringement story or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's not romantic. <laughs> I know, but that could that could be like the beginning of the of the of the. Also, the heartache. <laughs> there is actually another Yuri in the story, uh, a young guy. A uh, Russian skater uh, named Yuri um, goes to this small Japanese town and reminds Victor that he promised that he would uh, uh, choreograph a special routine just for him. Mm. So what happens is Victor ends up uh, choreographing a routine for both Yuri's. And whoever 
uh, ends up doing the better job, he will coach them for the rest of the season. Uh, R. Yuri uh, ends up winning. And the rest of the series is essentially um, their journey towards the Grand Prix final. Oh, okay. Now, what I think is so um, compelling and interesting to uh, the romance reader audience is that um, the series is really well written, uh, but we spent a tremendous amount of time, I think maybe even 50% of the narrative comes from the uh, interior monologue of the character. Not only Yuri, who's essentially the main character, that's Yuri on Ice after all, not only do we have like his thoughts and feelings, we also get the thoughts and feelings of Victor and the other skaters through, throughout the series. So it's kind of like reading a romance novel. Mm-hmm. You know, we get the interior monologues of the characters and we are getting it the same way uh, in this particular series. And what makes it interesting is, is that while we, the audience, knows what's going on in the hearts and the heads of these characters, um, they don't exactly express that openly to the other characters. So there are conflicts and issues between all of them, uh, but we understand what's going on. So we sympathize with them. And I think everyone, it's really, really, like I said, it's really well written. And I think everyone in the series, uh, Yuri, uh, Yurio, uh, who the, they they nicknamed the the Russian skater Yurio because he's so young. He's making he's making his senior debut, and he's determined to uh, win the Grand Prix final, even though it's his first year uh, coming out of juniors. Um, incidentally, I really love Yurio a lot because he is so angry at absolutely everything. <laughs> he's he's the exact opposite of Yuri. Yuri has, um, he's very, Yuri is very self-conscious and he's quiet and he has self, ex, uh, you know, self-esteem and anxiety issues while Yurio is, is the exact opposite. They both want the exact same thing, but they both go about it in incredibly different ways. Um, Yurio is furious and angry at absolutely everything. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is hilarious and completely endearing. Um, uh, just he cares so very much about everything. So either he's seething, or he's you know like volcanically you know freaking out about the most ridiculous things. So interesting. Um, uh, I love I love the characters. I think it's really well written. Um, Let's uh, break it down to the romance of the series. Now, <clears throat> I understand why readers of MM romance would be drawn to this because the entire series is really about you know finding love and respect. Um, at no point does it explicitly state. That Yuri is gay. He wants love and respect from Victor. Victor, in return, wants love and respect from Yuri. Um, and the series explores what that means, the different kinds of love and respect that there are. Not necessarily 
gay or sexual love. So, on... So, so far, I'm up to episode number 10 of mm-hmm. uh, pro- pro- proposed what I believe is going to be uh, 12 episodes in the series. Uh, so far, Yuri and Victor haven't even kissed. Okay. Despite the fact that they are in love with one another, uh, throughout the different episodes, the that love means different things. Uh, is it, you know, they have respect for one another? Is it, you know, a brotherly kind of love? Is it a devotion to your coach kind of love? Um, so it explores love in all its different permutations. Whether at the end of the series it's going to be a romantic or sexual love, I don't know. Okay. So We'll have to check back in a We'll, in a few weeks when we, when the series is over. We'll have to see. So I am enjoying it so far. I'm at episode 10. Right now, as far as I know, the only way to watch Yuri on Ice is on an app called Crunchyroll. And they uh, have a lot of different uh, Japanese cartoons, Japanese anime. Um, you can watch it free, like I have been. Or you can uh, get a subscription uh, and watch the episodes faster. Um, it's probably going to be a few weeks before I am able to watch these final two episodes. Okay. Well, we'll check back and see how it wraps up for you yeah. after you get through episode 12. And I think that'll do it for episode 63. Yeah. Coming up in episode 64 of this podcast, we will recap 2016 and welcome Avon Gale, who will talk about her new release, Whiskey Business, as part of the Dream Spun Desires. No. No, just Dream Spinner, States of Love series. <laughs> the States of Love series. That's yes. what I meant. Yes, that's what you meant. So, again, happy holidays to everybody. Hope you have a good Hanukkah and Christmas. And we will see you back here for episode 64 next week. Yeah, keep reading, guys. We'll see you next time. For detailed show notes and the complete episode backlist, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday on all major podcast distributors and YouTube. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.